Hi, this is Rob Kohansky, founder and host of Wauwatosa Advice Givers Podcast, also author of The Value-Driven Approach to Sell Real Estate, a practical guide to protect yourself from real estate greed and bank an extra $30,000 profit by thinking like the great Warren Buffett. Through the book, I outline five fundamental mistakes that people make when they try to sell their house. Um, it's a free book. All you have to do is go to Tosa. Free book the number four charity.com. Tulsa free book the number four charity.com. You're not going to want to sell your house without getting a copy of this book first, and plus, it's free. I'm giving it away. Now, let's get to the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, we have an exciting guest today, and if you like your picture taken, this is the guy to listen to. We have Ron Wimmer Photography here today. Welcome, Ron. How are you doing today? Thanks. I'm good. Good. I'm glad to have you on the, the show today. Um, what we're going to do is get to know you a little bit more, ask you a few questions, and uh, have a lot of fun with this. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. So to get started, um, give us a little bit about your backstory. Where'd you grow up? What do you enjoy doing in your spare time? And what did you do before owning your own current business? Um, well, I grew up in Milwaukee on the northwest side. Um, went to a Catholic grade school and then uh, Milwaukee Tech High School, which... Which I went to, too. Did, yep. did the nuns beat you? Uh, yes, the rulers all the time. The rulers all the time? <laughs> Yeah. I was fortunate to miss that, miss out on that fun. <laughs> so you went to Milwaukee Tech too, just like me, machine yeah. shop and all that good yep. stuff. Machine just shop. just before me. Yep, machine shop, drafting and welding. We're drafting so, and welding. So going from a Catholic grade school to a uh, public high school was quite the culture shock. What year did you go, get there? Uh, I got there in seventy nine. Seventy nine. So it was still boys tech. It was the first graduating class of girls. Really? Yeah, that had to suck. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they all, you, the numbers ratio is probably not that good. On yeah. that. I, I remember that, too. It wasn't much better in 82. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it was cool, though. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, what else? Uh, so I, I majored in machine shop drafting and welding, and, and photography was a hobby on the side. And uh, I got started with that with an uncle of mine, my dad's brother, who was a hobbyist, and set me up with a black-and-white darkroom in my parents' cellar. And uh, the, the love of that just kind of grew from there. And by my senior year in high school, I was working a half a day in a machine shop uh, doing piecework. And I knew right then and there that's not what I wanted to do forever. Piecework sucks. Yes. Yes, yes I was hobbing gears on a gear hopper. <clears throat> yeah. And just not what I wanted to do. So I knew right then and there that I was going to take the photography route. There you go. And when did, when did that start? Um, that started, you know, senior year of high school. Senior high school? Okay. Yep. Um, and uh, enrolled at uh, MATC for their photography program. Went there about a year, um, and uh, got tired of living at home under Dad's rules and working. Dad was a Marine, so he's pretty strict. And uh, looked at that, actually uh, joining the military, and uh, ended up joining the Navy uh, to be a photographer. That's right. You're my se- you're my second uh, ex-military uh, interview today. Oh, really? Yeah, so that, oh. that's cool. I enjoy that. Yeah. So you went into the Navy then? So, yeah, I went into the Navy. It was a six-year hitch, um, and you do four years active duty and two years in active reserve. They said for the guaranteed school, you had to do five and one. And I said, no-brainer, where do I sign? Yeah. So, uh, so I joined the Navy and uh, went to Pensacola for their photo school, and then was assigned to an aircraft carrier out of San Diego. And... Uh, uh, was based out of San Diego for four and a half years. Is that like, is that like a floating city? It is very much like a floating city. Five thousand guys. Wow. 
So that's bigger than most small cities in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. And the, uh, and the, the, cap, the captain is the governor. Captain is the governor of the ship. And the XL is the sheriff. Sheriff. There you go. So, but I was a uh, great experience. I got to literally travel the world. I, I traveled all over Southeast Asia and the Orient. Uh, saw a bunch of different countries. Did a lot of street photography, which I love to do. And uh, was just uh, once in a lifetime. Don't regret the time at all. Right. So. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was, you know, and the other fun thing I got to do is I got to do a lot of aerial work out of the helicopters. So, uh, sitting out of the back end of them, sitting on out the side door, outside with door, your feet swinging down, and a gunner's yeah. belt around you to hold you in, shooting pictures. It was a blast. That is a blast. And then I have been catapulted off and recovered off the carrier, too. Um, so I have my tail hook card. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> very cool. That is very cool. So tell me what you do. Sum it up in a concise point of uh, what you do in your photography. Um, well, I run my own portrait studio. Um, I decided a long time ago I was photographing in the military, and after I got out of the military, I worked for Associated Press doing a lot of spot news and sports photography and living by the pager. Um, and I decided I want to do some of the more happier things in life. I wanted to photograph someone, document some of the more happy things, weddings, newborns, graduations. So I went into the portrait end of the business. So, and that's what I do. I have my studio up in uh, Wauwatosa, um, and uh, we photograph newborns. We photograph high school seniors. I don't do weddings anymore. Uh, it's a young man's job. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> um, and we do some business and corporate stuff. Very nice. So. What has been your, like, in, in your business, and uh, what has been some of your biggest challenges? Um, I think our biggest challenge in, in the photo industry right now and with my business is you know, the advent of digital. It has just rocked the whole industry. Um, everybody has a cell phone with a pretty good camera on it. So um, why do they need to hire me? You know, um, when that's good enough. So we try to educate our clients and show them, uh, you know, what we can do that we're different, why they need us, our posing, our lighting, and our experience. So yeah, that's key. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really turned the, the industry upside down and it's just some of really amazing stuff. I mean, you know, I started out in film and if you told me I could put a thousand images on a, something the size of my thumbnail, I would have asked what you're smoking. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, the technology is just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, crazy. Yeah, but it seems like you're doing well with it though. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, uh, our location now, we've been there 16 years and I've been in business for myself for 22. So. Nice. Uh, but I'm not that old. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go back in time to start your business career over, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I would say take your business and marketing classes. You can be the world's greatest artist. You can do amazing work. But if you can't market it and sell it and make a living off of it, hence the starving artist syndrome. Yeah. So I would stress that to any newcomer, you know. Right. As an expert in your field, what are three to five things that an average person should know about your field? Um, there was a time uh, I was aboard ship. We pulled into Singapore, and I was assigned to go photograph some of the sailors who were going to a refugee camp uh, and document the help that they were doing there. And um, it was really earth-shattering to me as a 20-year-old kid from the Midwest um, just how lucky I was. Um, you know, you saw a lot of third world countries over there, people who, they're in the refugee camp who've lost everything. Families, their country, they don't know where they're going to end up. 
And just to be so thankful for who I was and where I was and where I was born. It was a very eye-opening experience for a, a, a little kid, 20-year-old kid out of, out oh, of the yeah. Midwest. I, could, I couldn't even imagine. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you really appreciate where you're from. So, yeah. um, And then the funny thing happened in there as well as I had a, this little Oriental guy came up to me and asked me if I had a smoke. <laughs> I said, I don't smoke. And then he grabbed my arm around my bicep and he squeezed it. He says, you big like John Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So that was, uh, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Nice. That's and then good. one other story. Um, <clears throat> I was with another photographer friend. We were in Korea and we were shooting an open air market, uh, which was really interesting to photograph people selling raw shrimp and sides of beef and, and uh, I thought I was far enough away and put the camera up and photographed these t- little two old ladies with their their big baskets of stuff out in front of them. And the one lady leaned over to the other and whispered in her ear, and she pointed at me and my buddy. And they both got up with meat cleavers and chased me and my buddy a whole city block screaming wow. at us. <laughs> For taking pictures? For taking pictures of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I didn't think they could run that fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. So that was uh, a really interesting, you know, should have asked. I thought I was far enough away they wouldn't have saw me, you know, and usually I do ask, but uh, the one time you don't. <laughs> <laughs> At least they didn't get you. Yeah. Get to know you a little bit better. Are there any day-to-day practices that you have that contribute to your success and happiness? Something maybe you do every morning, every day? Every week, uh, a cup of coffee. Cup of coffee. <laughs> hey, that's the way to start out a morning. Um, I think the one of the things that I do is I try to have a to do list. You know, okay. it's, and it's constantly a running list, a to do list. Um, you know, cross it off as you accomplish it. Redo it the night before you go to bed, and this is what your game plan is for the next day. You know, um, and that's really helped. To stay on track and stay focused. Stay focused on what you task at hand and get yep. it done. Yep. Nice. And then learn how to prioritize those, you know. So your to do your to do list could be 20, 30 things, but what are the top five you need to get done? Get that done day? day. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um that's a technique I learned. I don't know where one of the business books I've read that I, I, I try and do that too, and I look I try and take the hardest task of the day and get those done first in the morning. Yeah, I think Seth got Godin calls it "eat the frog first. Right? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think I've yeah. heard it from them too. Is because it's like by the time the afternoon rolls around, it just I just don't have it anymore. Well, and you get pulled in so many different ways. Yeah, you know, I get to get I'll get those tough tough tasks done early in the morning. So uh, end of the day, if I need to, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on a day like today, <laughs> go sit out in the sun and have a beer. And then the other thing. Um, that I've kind of put into practice is um, with my emails is uh, I read, I don't remember who said it, but um, the e- your inbox is someone else's priority. It's not your priority. So I kind of approach it that way now is, you know, you, you get an inbox, you get something, you, get, you don't have to jump on it right away. No. Because it's, if it's not a priority. So you really learn how to prioritize yeah. that. So I thought that was kind of earth-shaking for me is, you know, it's someone else's priority. Right. Yeah. So I try try to practice uh, something I learned from uh, Tim Ferriss, and I think it was uh, his four-hour work week where um, try to, but best I can, is um, do my emails uh, once in the morning, 
typically before the start of yep. my day yep. and then at the end of my day. Yep. And that's it. No yep. more looking around. If it's that important, they'll call. No, that's a good point. Yeah. 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 So. I should put that in a little bit more practice. So it's tough sometimes because I turn off the alerts and everything. Oh. On the phones okay. and the computers. And I don't see the little, you got five mails. Right. Right. And the other key too is, is, you know, with the advent of, uh, social media, your Facebook and Instagram, you know, uh, you gotta, you gotta really stay on task and, you know, figure out a time to do that as well. Yeah. Get time balance to do that as well. Yeah. Stuff out there. Yeah. Nice. Is there any particular book or quote or resource that has guided you that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, there's two books. Uh, one is, I think it's by Mark, Mike, Michael Gerber is called the E-Myth, the entrepreneurial myth. Uh, and he's got like third or fourth versions of that right. out. That is a really great book. Um, it really makes you think about what you're doing with your business and how you want to approach how you want to grow it, how you want to grow it, and and why you can grow it, and why McDonald's became successful, and some of those practices, those business practices. That how can you add that or figure that into your to what you're doing? So that was a really earth shaking book for me. So um, and then I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I'm a big fan of him too. It was like uh, Andy earlier was talking about him too. He brought him up and like he's been really um, eye-opening to myself as well as being just authentic and being yourself and not worrying about what other people think and just doing what you love to do. Yeah, yeah, and and I need to do more of that. that that's a struggle for me. Always has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, his latest book, Crushing, it's really really good. That is a good book. So that yeah, is a good book. I, yeah. Let's see what we got here. Uh, if you were to give advice to someone just getting started in your area of expertise, what nuggets would you share with them? Um, like I said, the, the business and the marketing. Um, and then uh, make sure you got a really thought out, really good uh, business plan. Business plan? Yeah. Can't stress that enough. What, what is the one thing right now that has you most fired up and excited for the future? Um, the digital technology. The, uh, the new mirrorless cameras that are coming out are phenomenal. Uh, Sony has just um, really overtaken the market with that. Um, and the eye and face recognition software is amazing stuff right now. Uh, you basically, when you start your session, you photograph on the person's eye and it locks on and it recognizes the face. And for the rest of your session, you don't have to focus the technology will lock onto the eye and focus immediately. So now all I do as a creative is worry about my composition on the back of the, the back. If you're doing live, live shoot, you're, you're looking on the back of the, uh, the camera and which goes back to, which I really find interesting, goes back to kind of looking at the old four by five glass when you had years and years ago, the old Ansley Adams with a shout over your head. Right. So there's a different creative approach to that than looking through a viewfinder. Um, and all you have to do is worry about your composition because it's going to be in focus and sharp every time. The technology is amazing. That is so cool. That combined with they're starting to do 6,000K video. Wow. Which... It just blows my mind. I mean, the uh, 4K right now is just so good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they have to pare that down right now out of those cameras so they can run it on 4K because the technology isn't out there for everybody. So those two things, I think, are incredible. And we're seeing a lot of marriage of um, video and still photography together. And I'm just 
excited about what what kind of products, how we're going to apply that to to our clients. Well, that's cool. To, to give them that thing that they can't get anywhere else. Well, I'm excited to see some of it as that comes out. Yeah, yeah. So right. well, now's the time that you get to ask me uh, one question, and then we're going to move over to some rapid-fire questions, and then we're going to wrap it up from there. One question. One question. could be anything. All right. Okay, so since you were a tech alum. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite instructor? What was his name? That, that short little skinny guy. Was it Pierce? No. He was a freshman. Uh, machine shop? Yeah, yeah. machine shop. Uh, he, he wore the overcoat. He, was, he must have been maybe five feet tall, five and a half feet tall. Older guy? Yeah. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. You know, he taught about, he usually taught uh, freshman or sophomore uh, class. He was probably my favorite. He was, he was fun. He would make sure that uh, we got our work done, but at least he let us have some fun at, at the same time, too. Because if, if you remember walking, it was in front of the building, you had the bathroom right there, and it was a pretty big bathroom. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And we'd go back in there and play cribbage and hang out, smoke <laughs> cigarettes, and he'd come in there and yell at us and shed and be like, hey, you know, get back out here. Your work's not done. <laughs> so yeah, instead of being out there, you know, he let us every once in a while go out there, you know, hang out, play cribbage, smoke cigarettes. So, I mean, I can't remember his name. I want to say it was Pierce, but I could be wrong. But he was a, he was an old skinny dude. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know exactly who you're Dark talking about. Dark hair and kind of like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know the name. Oh, I can I can picture him and everything like that. But I don't. Uh, we used to play uh, in the cafeteria in the morning. We used to play sheep's head. Sheep's head. Yeah. With some of the teachers. Okay. Uh, Peachelo. Do you remember Miss Peachelo? No. Uh, Miss Peach. Miss Peach. En- yeah, English teacher. Yes, I do. And I'm trying to remember a couple of other instructors. And you weren't allowed to bet, but we kept a, a tally sheet and everybody paid up at the end of the week. <laughs> Wow. Five, ten, fifteen, double on the bump. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a fun place to go to school. I mean, yeah. the bus ride from north side of Milwaukee over there probably was not the funnest, but yeah, you know, after a couple of years, he said it was a culture shock. Yeah, you know, so in a good way though. It really, it really was. I mean, because like getting down there and, and and doing things like my parents made me go to that school mm-hmm. and, uh, instead of going to John Marshall, and and and, and it was a blessing. A lot of my friends that I grew up with went to the local school, went to John Marshall, and they said, you're going to learn a trade. And they stuck me down in Milwaukee Tech, and I became a machinist for, and went through the journeymanship, and right. said it was not for me, and went into the Army. <laughs> 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 but hey, that's how I got here today. But Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was a great experience, and, you know, uh, being a public high school, you got the, the complete mix of cultures, which I really didn't have at the grade school. Right. Um, and it was a good thing, you know. Um, uh, well, yeah, it was a fun place. <laughs> it was. It was. Did you ever get any? Um, this happened every once in a while. Is uh, they had the uh, the stockyards down here, the loose bulls or cattle uh, that yes. would run around the streets. Yes. Yes. The loose. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Did yep. you? Um, uh, what was it, guy Ned? Ned the Fed. Ned the Fed. <laughs> <laughs> the machine shop I worked in high school. There was a guy that he was a tech guy a year a year before me, and he was quite the the, the troublemaker and uh, liked to uh, partake in the weed. Right, um, everybody knew him. He was the guy that actually stole Ned the Fed's license plate. Oh off no! Off his car, and he had it up on the wall by his machine in the machine shop when oh, I went to work. God. I walked in and I met him and I looked at that and I'm like, oh my god, you're the dude that did that. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is hilarious. Ned the Fed. Ned the Fed. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. Oh, that, good times. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That was a fun school to go to. Mm-hmm. Wish they had more girls at the time, but that's another story. <laughs> All right. I got some rapid-fire questions for you. Okay. And there's no right or wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. What is something you believe that other people think is insane? Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You got me on this You don't one. have it? I got to think about that. All right. Okay. We, can come, we can come back to that. Okay. See here, what's it? Um, what obsessions do you explore on the evenings and weekends? Obsessions. Yes. Uh, we, we have a cabin in the Northwoods um, that we've built over the last, since 2012. And I've just been obsessed with that, I guess. You know, we, we built it from scratch. Um, there's a couple forums online for building small cabins and homes, which has been really cool, that I'm involved with. And... Um, uh, I'm online looking at these guys' plans, what they do. Um, the forum is really interesting because you get to see these guys are building things, and they're like, well, I ran into this problem. How do you, what do you guys do about this? Or the inspector said this. Or does the, do these trusses look right? You know, and you get all this feedback. It's just a really interesting forum. So, and kind of going through the whole process of building our cabin, um, it's, I got hooked on that. So I always like to see cool. what I got to see what everybody else is doing and how they're doing it. There's some really cool little things done. I thought it was going to be a different answer. Oh no. <laughs> I thought it was going to be working on your house for your daughter's wedding. But, uh, <laughs> we'll leave that up to you and your wife. Jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that sounds really cool. Yeah. That, that really is. I'd like to see that. All right. Last one. How has a failure or apparent, apparent failure set you up for later excess? I don't know if this applies, but um, when I went to Tech, um, I was in band, the marching band. So I played flute, which is, you get enough crap for that as a guy. You're right. And uh, Mr. Simeon was the band teacher. And so I learned accountability from him. Um, you had your, and we had a playing exam and a written exam. And the playing exam was in front of the whole band. Wow. On music you had all year. He would say, Mr. Wimmer, this piece of music, this stanza, these measures, one, two, three, go. And you played it in front of everybody. And he'd say one of two things. He'd say, very well done. Or he'd say, fakey, fakey, Mr. Wimmer, fakey, fakey, which means you're faking it all year. So he knew right then. So I learned accountability really quick. <laughs> wow, that, that's, that's a good practice right there. Yeah. I mean, you were terrified because it was a two-day process. You never know what day you were going to be called. Um, and it was in front of anybody. So you learned accountability. So I learned that. And then, and now later in life, studying under Gary V, do the work. 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 So yeah. that would be my... Do the work. Did you ever read the book? Do the... There's a book. Do the work. No. So it's, not, it's not by Gary V. No. It's a different book. And it's, it's, it's similar to that. But yeah, do the work. I mean, you can go out there and do all you want. I'm I'm not as crazy as Gary Vee and working 20, 30 hours a day or whatever he does. Right. But, you know, do what you got to do and still enjoy life. And yeah. The other book I read that's really good is by Stephen Pressfield. It's called uh, The War of Art. The War of Art. And it's all about doing your art, doing what you do. If you're a writer, a photographer, a painter, and everything that goes along with that, that goes in your head. Um, the He has 
chapters in it on resistance and what resistance looks like and how resistance plays against you and how the middle of the day resistance pops up and you're like, well, it's two o'clock. I think I'll just look at my email or my Facebook and then it's five o'clock. Well, I'm, then I'm done for the day. I might as well hang it up. So, uh, you know, and how you can overcome resistance and what it looks like. Uh, really, really interesting. It's about doing the work and, and, uh, uh, just the act of sitting down and back then putting paper in your typewriter at nine o'clock, the bell goes off. It's time to go to work. Yeah. You know, so you show up, you go to work, Show up, go to work. The one uh, thing I do enjoy about being an entrepreneur and being in business is the freedom of time. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. There's days that I work till eight, nine, ten o'clock. But if I have to take time during the day to go out and do something, whether it be with family or lunch with my daughter or wife or something like that, it's, it's nice to be able to do that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like it, the, the freedom to do what you want to do. When you want to do it, but still getting the work done and still having a good life, that's 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 where it's at. Yeah, and you got to be disciplined enough to do the work too. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, there's days. You know, I'm, I'm working seven days a week. It's not twelve hours a day, seven days a week. But if I got to get up on a Sunday and do something, you get up on a Sunday and do it. Right, right, because it's the bottom line. Right, you know, the buck stops here. They say. Yeah, the buck know. stops here, and you don't have a boss or a CEO behind you going, "Hey, Bohansky, is that work done?" And it's like. It's not there. You have to do it. I, I don't have, you know, call forwarding on my email for when I'm out of the office. Who, you know, who, who do you forward your email to if you're out of the office on vacation yeah. to handle something that comes up? You know, my wife goes on vacation or friends go on vacation and they leave a voicemail saying, oh, my associate, Joe Blow, will handle this. Handleless. You know, you don't have that running your own business. No. You know that. So, yeah. yeah, you're always on call. You're always on call. Yeah. But you know, so. that's why we got into it. You know, well, yeah, yeah. yeah we, then, we knew we knew what it was. Yeah, you knew it, and then you know, eventually, like you know, get in the, the book in the email. You get someone in your assistant or someone to help you out. That when you aren't there, you can take right. care of that kind of stuff. That's something I'm working on for this year. Okay, you know, yep. at the end of the year, get a producer, get some people in here and part time, and then slowly bring them in. Right, they have those types of things. Very cool. I appreciate you being on here, Ron. Uh, any ask or request for the audience and any last parting words. Um, also, we will want to know how people can get a hold of you, um, either your websites or phone numbers, however you want to get it. Okay. All right. Um, I think, you know, my ask would be is um, whether you go through a professional photographer to get those important memories and milestones in life, get them captured whether it's through a professional photographer, which I highly recommend, um, or I hate to say it, just whipping out your cell phone and recording it. But my ask is you go and you get those printed. Get those images printed. This is one of the most photographed generations in the world with the technology we have, and nobody will have photographic prints to hand on to their children and great-grandchildren because they're all stored on a computer somewhere. My mom, uh, my mom complains about that. Yeah. Yeah, they're all stored on a computer. And what happens if that computer crashes and you don't have it backed up? Yeah. Your whole life history has gone. I've gotten the phone calls, you know. Um, get them printed. You know, I've got pictures of my dad's brothers and sisters because my grandparents took them to a portrait studio. They were able to do that. Picture of my, gra- my, my dad in his, his uh, first communion outfit with his first communion candle, you know. 
I got pictures of my grandfather in his World War I outfit. Wow. You know, I have physical pictures that I can hold and show. If you got it in a digital file somewhere, what good is it? You know, so get them printed. That, that, whether you do it yourself or you go through professional, get the printed. You know what? That does make sense that when you say that, Ron. It's like um, I'm a hoarder of all the pictures and print um, for my family. I try and collect mm-hmm. as many as I can and, and keep them, and I got a huge box full of them. Right. And I bring them out on the holidays when we go, and um, I know who's going to be there, and I'll bring out random pictures from their past, whether they be their, their mom, dad, or themselves, and just kind of hand them out. And then they're just like, wow, because they haven't seen them maybe in years or ever. Right. And <clears> then I'll get that back, and I'm like, if you want copies, you get copies, but these are mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. With yeah, I, I just, and, you know, along with that, three years ago when my dad passed, we we brought all the family pictures over to my house. We grabbed my brother and my sister, my brothers and my sister and my mom, and we had, like, you know, two big crates of photos to go through for the picture boards. And, you know, my kids and my sister's kids got to see Grandpa in a whole different light. You know, they saw him when he was young and thin yeah. and dapper, you know, and... Holy cow! There were a couple pictures of my mom. She was smoking hot, right? You know, it's like, oh, dad, I see why you, you know. I mean, holy cow! You know, so they got to see a different side of grandpa that they never would have if none of that stuff wasn't printed. Nice. So, uh, so how do people get a hold of you? Uh, you can get a hold of me um, uh, via email, Ron at WimmerPhotography.com, Facebook, uh, Wimmer Photography. Uh, the best way is the phone, four one four two five eight two seven. Zero zero. Uh, we work best by phone, um, and uh, or stop by the studio. We're on uh, 109th Street in Wauwatosa, seven thirty six, and uh, I'd love to have you. Yep, check out his website too. I was just down in here today. It's got a really a lot of cool full photos on it that you can out there and take a look at. Well, Ron, I really appreciate you being on Wauwatosa Advice Givers today. I hope to have you back as a guest uh, down the road sometime and get caught up. All right, Ron, take care. Thank you.